Hey, 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 welcome to the Pastor Duke Podcast. From the bottom of my heart, thank you for tuning me in. Uh, the records seem to be saying I'm getting about 2,000 listens per podcast, and it's all your fault. Hey, thanks so much. Uh, COVID took me off the road. I was speaking to about 25,000 people a year, and now because of podcasting, it's like <laughs> well over 100,000 uh, per year. And that's just counting my podcast. I'm also co-host with Pastor John Westfall, According to John. Look it up on any podcast uh, host. You can find it, According to John, or we tackle a lot of biblical questions and getting like another 100,000 uh, listens on John's podcast as well. So that's what we live for, to get the Word of God into hearts of people. And thank you so much for standing behind me. And I would so appreciate it if you would uh, download, like, share, all that stuff as you do your part to help me get the Word of God out. So thanks so much. Here we go today. I call our thoughts today the genetic apocalypse. Here we go. For nearly 50 years, I read those words of Jesus and really had no clue what he may have been speaking about. Luke seventeen twenty six. He said, as the days of Noah were, so also shall it be in the time of Christ's return. So what up about those days? Which takes us back to Genesis chapter 6. All I'd ever seen up till very recently on those thoughts about as it was in the days of Noah was that the world was filled with violence. Cha-ching, we're here. Men's hearts were evil continually. Uh, yeah, we're there. And were eating and drinking, marrying, giving in marriage. They were just uh, tuning God completely out, doing life as they felt like. They paid absolutely no mind to Noah's warnings. They mocked him and his crazy ark project for nearly 50 years. That's about all I saw in that text. But just this past year, it's like the lights have been turned on concerning those days. There it was staring me in the face for nearly 50 years and it's like i can see it now <laughs> how could have i missed it looking first uh, from a distance here's what is screaming clear what they did genesis 6 1 through 3 what they did was crossing god's line of tolerance when god saw this he moved he called noah he'd had enough they crossed the line noah build an ark i'm going to destroy or i like to say wipe clean this world so god has the world on a 120 year countdown as noah and team build the ark not one person besides his children listens to noah's preaching but God's long-suffering was still in place. God gave them a chance. No one took Noah seriously. The Bible says he was just and the laughingstock of their world. As we are preaching, Jesus will return, and we're the laughingstock of our world, just as he was in his. But now we take up a closer view and there it is in plain sight, Genesis 6, 2. The sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair. They took them wives of all which they chose. Well, who are the sons of God? I say, I didn't used to hold to this view, but it's screaming evident to me now. Some of the fallen angels, which Jude said, 
in verse 6, they left their natural habitation and God's judgment came upon them, sent them to a very special section of hell called Tartarus, reserved only for those fallen angels who left their natural habitation. I think that is one and the same with those sons of God, Genesis 6, who cohabited with uh, daughters of men. Fallen angels, demons, sexually producing offspring that are neither demon nor human. One may say crossbreeding, hybridization, genetic tampering. Today, they might call it human 2.0. Call it what you may. Verse 3, the Lord God said, My spirit will not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh, yet his day shall be 120 years. That's judgment. They'd been living up to eight, 900 years prior to that. And there's a lot of science behind that, the canopy theory Water vapor canopy, Genesis 1, 6, waters above blocking radiation. Also, uh, keeping the, the aging agent away from us, that being ultraviolet light. So there's a lot of reasons for that. But judgment came. God said the number of years will only be 120 max. That's a big judgment. Genesis uh, 3, 6, it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth and it grieved him in his heart. Verse 7 and the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast. It repenteth me. That's so sad. It repenteth me that I have made them. Verse 8, but here's the good news. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Verse 9, for Noah was a just man and perfect. I have that word underlined in my Bible. It doesn't mean he was without sin. I think in its context, what it's saying, he was not part of that crossbreed, that hybridization, that uh, demonic union. He was perfect in his generation, and Noah walked with God. That was a lonely walk, and it might be getting lonelier for us as we choose to walk with God. You know, when we back up to verse 4, we see the genetic results of that sexual union. There were giants in the land. These were mighty men, men of renown. You ever wonder how the ancient uh, pre-flood monoliths were built? You know, the uh, those giant statues of the Polynesians. Uh, how did they, Celtic people, get those huge rocks up on Stonehenge? How did they build the pyramids in Egypt? Well, that just might be your answer. Men of renown, not just in physical strength, but in intellect. Very interesting. That's a whole other podcast all by itself. But whatever happened in Genesis 6, verses 1 through 4, the line had been crossed. Judgment is coming. We're going to pull in a few other scriptures to see why this union so ticked God off. Pretty clear to see from the first two chapters of Genesis, that God is the creator, the author of life. Over and over again, it uses this reoccurring phrase in Genesis uh, 1 and 2, all life, both plant and animal, quote, reproduced after their kind. All uh, plants, all animals uh, clearly have closed doors on species. We have fabulous genetic variation within species, but cats always birth kitties. Dogs always birth puppies. It took nearly 6,000 years of scientific study for men to figure out what God said so simply on the very first two pages of the Bible. After their kind, God made genetic, I like to say genetic, holy boundaries within the species. 
It was he, God, who created the DNA molecule as the building block and cornerstone of all life, whether plant or animal. So what happened in Genesis 6 with the sons of God and the daughters of men crossbreeding clearly crossed God's line? No doubt Satan was behind it. He deceived and led those fallen angels into the rebellion with him originally when he and they were cast out of heaven. Hell was prepared for the devil and his angels, Jesus said. So Satan was behind their fall. That's what got them kicked out of heaven. He's their commander-in-chief. And I would say to mock God and to pervert what is sacred and holy, Satan set up this unholy and evil union, which both his players, the fallen angels, and human women went gladly along with. There's accountability on both sides. But I would see it even deeper than just an insult to God. I see it as strategic battle plan of Satan to stop the messianic seed line. He had done exactly that in Genesis 4 when he inspired Cain to kill Abel, who was the messianic seed line. But God God was a step ahead of him. God kicked his butt again. God raised up another seed uh, for the Messiah line through Seth. So Satan is back at it here, genetically perverting the entire seed line of man so the Messiah could never be born son of man. But Satan was thwarted once again as Noah finds grace in the eyes of the Lord. Noah walks with God, and Noah was perfect in his generation. Noah and his three sons and their wives had not been genetically altered. Were they the only ones on earth who weren't? We don't know. But the text seems to imply maybe that's what really was going on. That's how far... Satan took it. God allowed it to go before God intervened. We'll find out on the other side of a lot of questions. You know, when you know the enemy's agenda, it makes it way simpler to interpret exactly what is happening and why. Some interesting ancient anthropological realities seem to make sense when you overlay history with this cataclysmic biblical event. Go back to the ancient civilizations, whether it's the Celtics, the Druids, the Greeks, Romans, Syrophoenicians, Egyptians, Chinese, Polynesians, Inca, Aztec, Mayans, there is always these screaming similarities. They all worshipped polytheistically. They worship of many gods. They all sacrificed animals and even people. In their artwork and even in their alphabets, you see this mingling of animals and humans. Let me say that again. You always see this mingling of animals and humans. Uh, That's not the way God set it up. But we have a deceiver. We have a liar. The father of lies, a murderer from the beginning. Many of their false deities were exactly that, part human, part animal. And here in Genesis 6, what do we have? Part human and part fallen angel. Last time I checked, the ancient civilizations were not sharing information on the internet or social media. Satanic worship seemed to spawn genetic mutilization. 
it seemed to spawn genetic tampering. Nothing new, Solomon said, under the sun. All rooted in Satanism and occult practice. So that's the way it was. And our wonderful Jesus told us that in the time of the end, that's the way it will be. It will be as it was in the days of Noah. I believe he was talking specifically about genetic tampering. So let's do a little genetic look around for a moment. The prophet Daniel told us, chapter 12, verse 4, that in the time of the end, knowledge shall increase. I might add the word exponentially increase when I look at how knowledge is exponentially increasing. They say knowledge is doubling every two and a half years. I, I wish mine was. But we are in the information age. If something's new technology today, next year it will be a dinosaur. Things are moving fast, as the prophet Daniel said it would. Man had no clue why those species doors were closed so tight biologically until the invention of the electron microscope revealed the DNA molecule. In the evolution story, they call it simple. One-celled living organisms until they actually saw it Chains of amino acids linked together mysteriously in the shape of a double helix, always four ribosomes as the crosslinks or rungs on the ladder. We call them genes. The evolution story says it all happened by time and chance. Uh, it takes a lot of faith to believe that. I believe it was all by plan and purpose. Scientists can see how these things line up and what each ribosome does, but they can't figure out why. They see the genetic laws that govern the universe, but they can't actually make the DNA molecule. They just can't get those amino acids to line up like we find everywhere in God's natural world. God does it a trillion, billion, zillion times, and they can't even do it once. They profess themselves to be wise but they became fools. But what they can do is this. They can tamper. They can mess around. A recently new science called epigenics is upon us. Epigenics. You'll hear a lot more of that in the future where genes can be turned on and turned off. I'm not really sure what that even means, but I'm just reading from their uh, scientific text. A process called CRISPR, C-R-I-S-P-E-R, -E and that's CRISPR dot 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 cast nine, using their terminology, has learned how to, they say, slice and dice the genes. All for the human good, of course. You know, gene therapy. We were first hearing about this kind of stuff as a sheep in Scotland named Dolly was genetically cloned and born July 5th, 1996. I actually saw her dead and stuffed at the National Museum in Edinburgh four years ago. It looked like any other sheep, to be honest with you. Nothing special about Dolly, except she was cloned. There was deep discussion and ethic issues uh, about genetic tampering being unleashed in those times. And, uh, Kind of those talks were squashed and they went behind the curtain genetically into the laboratories and just continued to do whatever they felt like doing. The argument, of course, is always, well, this is for the good of the populace. We're learning new medical things to heal bad diseases. And perhaps that is their intent. 
but I see a deviant spirit driving it behind with ill content, malice in his heart to hinder the work of God, to destroy man. You know, they said, we want to produce the absolute best sheep, the best cows, the best pigs, chickens possible. But you knew, you knew, you knew, you knew that it wouldn't stop there. It was only the beginning. Soon we move from hybridization, which I think is okay, just taking the genes as they are and putting, you know, a plant with a certain strength with another plant with another weakness to basically strengthen the plant. We use hybrid uh, seeds all the time in our garden, nothing wrong with them. See, that's only tweaking the genetic realities to what I think is deviant, the genetic modified organisms, GMOs, genetically modified organisms. Of course, for the good of humanity, always packaged in a pretty wrapping. You know, GMOs started with grain crops, corn, soybeans were first, and then came wheat for the purpose of modifying the plant to be able to tolerate the herbicide Roundup, which is kind of a derivative of Agent Orange from the Vietnam era. Those of us that go back there, Roundup. They succeeded. And a farmer friend of mine in Ohio says he went from 80 bushels of corn per acre to 180, sometimes up to 220 bushels of corn per acre. Aha, isn't that great? As they use the genetically modified uh, seeds which are now all owned by Monsanto, which is the World Seed Bank, uh, you know, global governance, global money, global health organization, uh, global monetary fund. If you're a farmer, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You just can't plant any seed anywhere you want anytime. You are under their control. They monopolize you genetically modified. It has kept the food bank for the world higher, but it's being threatened today for lots of different reasons, which is another podcast in itself. As the number of GMO plants continuously spiral upward, it's something that started and it will not be stopped. We also have the spiraling upwards of many human diseases and conditions. We have autism rates off the charts for our children. Something has to be causing this. We have epidemic cancer realities. We have huge autoimmune diseases growing exponentially. We have gluten intolerance. We have severe allergy issues, deadly peanut allergies with many children fighting life-threatening asthma realities. Millions and millions of people suffering from things that were hardly even around 50 years ago. Whether it's the GMOs themselves or the toxic soils they are grown in and all the chemical fertilizers instead of the natural organic fertilizers that the planet used for the first 6,000 years of our existence, there just might be a connection between the two. And there are horrific realities now in our face. And I think I know the reason why. And of course, the mainstream media hides most of that uh, information from the ignorant and compliant populace, and we just have to live with the health issues that this new way of farming has brought to us. Then you add in 73 nearly mandated vaccines for our children. You have a medical nightmare. As the great prophet Stephen Wolf said in 1971, 
former hippie rockers, you know who I'm talking about here. Steppenwolf said, there's a monster on the loose and has our heads into a noose and stands there watching. So the genetic doors were opened wide. We had the escalation of genetic manipulation from plants to animals. And of course, the big one, genetically, the human beings. I'm not against genetic study or use in medicine, but I bet you God is against genetic tampering, especially with the human genome. And this is exactly what is going on mostly by mad scientists in hidden labs across the world. The whole COVID issue is genetic control with a right of function tampering and especially the Moderna vaccine, which is a word play on modify RNA, of course, to create immunity to the COVID-19 virus, which is now long gone, has fallen to the new variants, the Delta variant, others which are emerging. Moderna just happens to be a spinoff of Microsoft, which just happens to be owned by Bill Gates, which also just happens to be their first ever vaccine, which so happens isn't really a vaccine at all, which so happens the CDC redid their definition of the word vaccine. So to encompass these COVID vaccines, which so happens Bill Gates is also in the inner circle of the World Health Organization and the inner circle of the United Nations eugenics movement to bring human population down from 7.3 billion to a sustainable growth of 500 million. Absolutely unconnected, I'm sure, so they say. They are saying it's all to save the global population from future pandemics. I'm not so sure I trust Gates, Fauci, or Klaus Schwab. I see them as tools of Satan setting up to uh, do what they say they plan to do, to reduce human population massively. That's kind of what we read happens in Genesis 6 through 19. Are the two connected? Is this the time of the end? I think so. I think Jesus was right. But my final genetics concern stems from an interview I did five years ago with a member of our church who was a patent lawyer for a huge global corporation. He had his master's in biotechnology and artificial intelligence along with his law degree. He studied the newly patented items and technology to see whether his huge company would spend millions to make billions. His name and company, I cannot tell for security reasons. It was a two-hour interview and mostly at the genetic experimentation topic. He said, quote, if I tell you what I know, I will have to kill you. That's a common military phrase. He said, if the population only knew what was going on behind closed doors genetically, no one would sleep for a week. He went on to say that when he read Revelation in the various uh, half-human, half-animal uh, type creatures you read in Revelation, he'd always taken them to be symbolic, figurative. He said, but knowing what I know, what's happening backstage genetically, mingling things into the human genome, he said, now I'm not so sure they're not literal. He said, I think they're being developed backstage by crazy geneticists. 
Wow, I'll never forget that interview. Well, what tweaked my spirit to do this podcast was a, another podcast I heard last night about the super soldiers being presently developed by the Chinese, Russians, and of course, also by the American militaries using unrestrained genetic cut-and-paste tampering to create super soldiers. You can go to prophecywatch.com and dig in deeper into this deviant science. Prophecywatch.com got some great stuff for you. We're talking human hybridization. We're talking human genetic tampering. The mad scientists we read in horror novels as young people we saw in horror flicks. It's no longer science fiction. It's the real world. It's here. It's now. And if the CDC and the World Health Organization or the Biden administration get their way, it's going to be in everyone's veins including our kids, ASAP. I believe this is exactly what Jesus was speaking about in his warning about the times societally. In the end, it will be as the days of Noah. We surely have a society that has tuned God out completely, and we have a violent society. The thoughts and intents of men's hearts are evil continually, as in the time of Noah. We have a global society given to sodomy, pedophilia, human trafficking. We have a global media in collusion with the evil ones. Nationalists are now called domestic terrorists. Speak outside of the mainstream prescribed agenda and you are censored. You are cancel cultured. And if they had their will, I believe we would be killed. It's all just exactly as our Lord promised it would be. It ain't pretty, but I assure you it ain't permanent. <laughs> Hallelujah. God is going to allow Satan to rule the people that choose not to be led of our Lord. It's kind of Jesus saying, if you don't want me, okay, okay, you get him. I knocked the door over your heart and you did not open. I called you and you said no. So I'm giving you what you asked for. I'm coming to take my bride out of this horror flick. I'll take my Holy Spirit out of your way. I'll give you seven years to do your own thing. So sad, too bad. You know, ain't it good to know the prophecies? Ain't it good to be on the winning team? Oh, hallelujah. What a savior. I am so thankful that God chose to lay this out in advance. And I don't like what I see in the news any more than you do. And I'm begging you to have alternate sources of news. Dig for that. Personal message me. And uh, I'll send you to mine. I don't like to put them out on, the, uh, on a podcast. But uh, privately, I'll give them to you. What we use has helped us a lot. So thanks for being part of my podcast family. Love you. Appreciate you. And pray that God uses me to edify, build you up, strengthen you for the things that are in your face today. Bye-bye for now. Jesus loves you. So do I.